Alrighty, episode six of Splitting Uprights coming at you. Boys are here, ready to go, coming off of a great weekend. And Drew's going to get us started today with a stat of the day. Drew, what do you got for us? We had a whole discussion last week with, with Gage about the Cowboys. Interesting stat little here, talking about Dak. So in, so in 2017, this is the most dropped interceptions. Jameis Winston was at 27, Dak Prescott, 24. In 2018, Jameis Winston was 23. Dak Prescott was 17. So all I'm saying is, do you think – that means there were 17 opportunities in 2018 for dropped interceptions, and that means there was 24 times for Dak Prescott. Do you think that man is worth $40 million? That's all I got to say. That's my stat of the day. Dude, Jameis Winston threw how many picks last year, but he threw how many dropped picks? This was in 2017 and then 2018. So this okay. is a couple years – back but still i mean he had 30 exceptions (laughs) but but the year before he had 23 dropped picks 20 yeah 23 drop picks and then 20 27 the year before and then dak (laughs) and he he was the league leader and dak was second all i'm saying is that that's not a 40 dollar 40 40 million dollar quarterback right there and everyone was talking about how dak threw the, the least picks whenever he was a rookie he only threw like what four of them yeah, like Dax too efficient. Dax do this. Man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dax ain't that. <laughs> Dude, why didn't we bring that up in the Cowboys episode, man? That's Pookie. I was one of those. I was always mentioning his touchdown to interception ratio and how clean it was. Just come to find out that man's lucky as hell. Just an overlooked stat, man. Dropped interceptions is an overlooked stat. No idea. If you had told me who who was second in that category. And, and also the source of that is pro football focus. So it's not just like where some, we get all of our stats. Exactly. So it's a good source. It's not one of those, you know, stupid ones. No, sir. So we're going to introduce a new segment for the show. We're going to do best and worst of the weekend. Best thing we saw, the worst thing we saw or heard. Uh, Drew, we're going to start with you. Best and worst of the weekend. So the, my best, I think, came from actually like the end of the week last week, but it's the news of NBA coming back. Um, you know, I personally, I don't really start watching the NBA until the playoffs start. So for me, I think they're going to play like eight regu- regular season games for seeding purposes, also kind of get people to get their feet underneath them again, be conditioned, and then they're going to play like a 22-team playoff. But I think it's one of those things where it's, it's live sports again, it's not coming back till like July 31st. So, I mean, we're still ways away from it, but um, it, it, it's a step in the right direction, you know, during this whole Corona thing. My worst is that it's been, I want to say like two, two weeks or like a week and a half now that freaking season four of Call of Duty Warzone has not come out yet. What the hell, man? I've been waiting for this. I want the new season. I've been addicted. I've already leveled up, got all my characters all maxed out and I'm ready to move on and they're just holding it. So that's my best and worst this weekend. Welcome to adult life, Drew. I don't know how you're going to survive without video games. Hell no. Nah. All right. So my best of the weekend, my, uh, one of my best friends, Andy Reed, and he was a teammate of mine at Hendrix. Uh, we got here the year after Drew left He got married over the weekend, uh, had a good time. So he, and I was best man and I did not fumble the speech. Thankfully I got through it. Okay. My heart was racing like a game winning kick. But uh, no fumbled bags this time. They had a cute little idea where they had a date idea. So every guest at the wedding was supposed to submit an idea for them to go on a date. 
you know, following the honeymoon. And one of those date ideas he told me just before the show happened to be go for a hike, get in the river and have sex. And none of the people I was at the wedding with, like people our age submitted that, which means, and, and it was really just a bunch of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. So someone out there is a horny bastard. All right. I don't know who it is, but hey, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying don't get caught, right? Or you're gonna end up on Pornhub. So But I would like to see what Andy would look like on Pornhub. Having right. sex forever like a like a wildebeest. A no. wild wildebeest. In this day and age, dude, if you have a sex tape on your phone, it's getting hacked. <laughs> right. It's getting hacked. The NSA. Uh, it, that's right, man. Don't Stop. commit terrorism, otherwise your sex tape will end up on the internet. <laughs> that's true. It's like the fappening all over again. Kind of like how these high schoolers are getting exposed for their racist tweets. It's like the fappening, too. I know Pookie loves the fappening. You could say that I'm familiar with it. So I've got a little half and half, best and worst, too. They go together. My worst over the weekend was the president uh, getting involved yet again in the NFL. Dude, fuck out of here with that stuff, dude. No one – stop getting in our game. If, you, if, you, if you're okay with the players kneeling, great. If you don't want them to kneel, great. I don't care. Just don't get politics in the – like, don't – just I don't know, dude. But my, the thing I always say the most is if you really are going to turn away from a football game because people are kneeling for the flag – you're not a fucking football fan, dude. Get the fuck out of here with that stuff. That pisses me off so much. I mean, listen, I, you'll never know my political beliefs. It's not worth mentioning. Just, man, get the fuck out of here. I hate when he does that shit. He's got a lot of other things to be worrying about right now. But the best out of that is Drew Brees coming back, clapping cheeks, double birds to the president when he said, hey, I, I like what Drew Brees said, but he should not have taken back his apology. And Breeze gave him two of these bad boys right here and said, fuck off. He said, it's not about the flag. It's about something bigger than that. So happy for Drew Breeze. And it looks like the Saints are starting to mend relations there a little bit. Hopefully it works out for him okay. Seems like it's a better situation in New Orleans now than it was a week ago when I was seriously considering Drew Breeze ending up with New England. And I had a little conspiracy theory going on there. But seems like all is well down in the Big Easy for now. Pookie, finally, your best and worst. So my best of the weekend, I actually got in contact with a, a photography company that is interested in me uh, having an interview with them to do some work uh, for kids in school. Uh, I think it's like K through 12. So I'll have, it's like a traveling position around the state. Um, I'm not sure if I'm uh, going to like go forward with it, but it's definitely something good that happened to me. I, uh, if you don't know me, I love photography and uh, making videos, so it's it's an interesting uh, tidbit for me to share with y'all. I got two My, things for you, Pookie, real quick before you move on. One, are you allowed near a school? Well, I'm going to have to check with my parole officer, and then <laughs> then they're going to have to call the state, the mayor, and it's going to be it's going to be a whole chain reaction going on before I can get in the school. But uh, I'm sure that they'll drop drop my uh, my record for them. Number two, I'm familiar with your work. You are a great uh, photographer and videographer, but my question is, will this be the first time that you've videoed someone with their clothes on? 
Well, I didn't say they didn't say anything about the kids having to have their clothes on. I mean, and, you know, I, I I don't know if I can arrange that if we're doing boudoir or what, but we'll we'll have to see. I don't know if the principal will be down with that, but I'll have to ask. What about your worst? My worst of the weekend, so it's kind of two things. The first is the Minneapolis Police Department, the city council is in talks of actually disbanding it for public-led safety. And I'm not saying that that's the worst thing necessarily because I disagree with it, but I do think that it's worth mentioning in this sort of political climate that we're in nowadays that, you know, it needs to be talked about and discussed how we can uh, really replace security and do things that are more community-based. And also I saw a tweet from Donald Trump, sort of like what Sandy was talking about, he was basically instigating a conspiracy for this Buffalo man that got pushed down by police officers. And he was trying to say that it was staged. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, why would you say some shit like that? Who, what are you trying to do? What do you stand to gain from that? It's just, it just pissed me off. So I'm kind of going to let that lead into our bigger discussion for the day um, about some of these uh, circumstances that we're in. Sandy, what are your thoughts? So I, I mentioned Drew Brees, um, and you know, I don't. However, you feel about it, I I would say, and it almost seems like a cop out answer nowadays. But the reality is that we're three white males. So how we would respond to what Drew Brees said, it, it depends on what side of the aisle you're on. May depend on how you react. If you're a moderate, it may depend on how you react. But also just who you are and how you react. Like I. I as far as the intentions of kneeling for the flag, what it does, is it disrespectful or not? Like it just, it's different for everybody. So my, my only thing with, with people going out there and saying these things is we, it's different for everybody and we just don't know how others see it. And the best thing we can do is listen, is learn. That's the whole point of conversation because we simply don't know. Like, I don't know about the struggles that like Pookie, you and I went to, I mean, we were at a school that was quite, I mean, where the minority was really like the majority, especially on the football team. And my home life is significantly different than my teammates, a lot of them. And, and I just couldn't begin to understand what that's like. I saw it, but I don't understand. So in that sense, just reacting to Drew Brees, it, I hope that they've mended fences. And I hope that they – I hope Drew's being legitimate when he says it. Not you, Drew, but Drew Brees. And – that they're able to mend relations there because let's not forget JJ Watt has done an extraordinary amount of charitable work and has donated so much of his time and effort into the city of Houston. But Drew Brees, like that man is an integral part of that city. What he's done, what he's given back to new Orleans when after Katrina, he and his family donated $5 million to hurricane relief. This man cares. And I just hope that, you know, this will be a moment where, like the people haven't given up on Drew Brees because I think he's an extraordinary individual who said something that hopefully he can come back from and that people will forgive him for and we can move on. Uh, that's my thoughts on that as far as the protest. I know, Pookie, you've got pretty strong thoughts on a lot of it. Yeah, I, I do have strong thoughts and I'm really conflicted with like my own position in the society in relation to what's going on with the protest now at this time because I do want to like give credence to these people and validate what they're trying to fight for. I think it's admirable and 
we should all be doing our part. You don't necessarily have to go out and protest. You don't even have to post on social media, but you, whatever it is that you can do that's worth it for the cause, I think that that's worth it. Even if it's the most minute things, conversations with people, if whatever it is that you want to do, your, your voice should be heard. Um, I personally uh, feel very strongly about the need for police reform, and I'm not necessarily sure how to go out, uh, go, go with that, but I do know that there needs to be changes made, and I can acknowledge that as a white person. Drew, you, um, you wanted to bring up something specifically with the NFL. Yeah, um, you know, the NFL, a lot of, you know, four years ago, this really started with, Ka with Kaepernick. Um, you know, the whole kneeling, he went out and asked a, a veteran, you know, what he should do because he didn't want to put his hand over his heart or stand or, you know, do something. So it really started then. And for being honest, the NFL hasn't really handled this whole situation since then very well. They've been kind of, you know, let's brush it off. Let's keep pushing it to the back so that we don't have to, you know, worry about it. And it wasn't until this uh, players video with, um, you know, some of the big names in the NFL, but, you know, really the face of the NFL right now, Pat Mahomes came out. Uh, apparently an NFL exec said that the league moved quickly uh, to, to have a response, you know, because of Mahomes being in this video. And I think it was all of those players, but whenever you take someone, if LeBron, you know, LeBron James is very active in the NBA. So he's the face of the NBA, you know, for most people. So Adam Silver is out there, you know, talking, you know, giving, giving response. And I think Adam, that's the type of person Adam, Adam Silver was. And I think that's the person um, that the commissioner before him was as well. So I think they're, they're really big on that. But Roger Goodell is very, you know, we're going to keep everything just football related when, you know, athletes nowadays and even celebrities, they have some of the biggest voices in, in the, the entire United States. So they have a bigger platform than a lot of other people and they need to use that platform to talk. And I think um, so I think this whole situation has looked really bad on Goodell and, and some of the top NFL execs because that player's video wasn't just done by the players. It was done by uh, an, a rogue NFL employee reaching out to players wanting to make this video because he thought that there needed to be a, a message heard from them. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll bring up something in a minute that I heard along those lines, but that might actually change your mind a little bit about the NFL's response. Um, as far as the NBA goes, I think Adam Silver is probably the most beloved commissioner in his own sport. For I mean, the I, I can't think of a tighter bond that I've known of in a professional league that I've followed than the one that's between players and Adam Silver. Like they they trust him. Um, there's there's a really strong relationship there. That's like a total 180 from what you've got going on in Major League Baseball right now. But that's neither here nor there. We can get into that later. Um, but with the NBA, so here's the thing. The NBA is, is probably the second most popular sport in the United States, the second most popular league. But even then, it's like there's a particular demographic in the United States, demographics, not just one demographic, but that follows the NBA. And it's mainly younger, a younger generation and a more progressive leaning, not as entirely conservative demographic that follows the NBA. With the NFL, now that's a whole different ball game. And I have a, and I'm not excusing the NFL, but I'm trying to get behind maybe why they've reacted or not reacted in the way that they have. Is that you you have a few you have a few more bridges to burn if you're the NFL. Because some of your the Cowboys are in Texas. You know, protesting in Dallas is different than protesting in Seattle. 
two totally different parts of the country. Um, it's just different doing it in the NFL. That being said, Drew, if this makes you feel any better, the owners did not know about this video going out. They did not approve it. And, you know, they obviously have control over their own teams. And everyone's like, I hate Roger Goodell. He did this. He did that. Well, Roger Goodell, ladies and gentlemen, does not run the NFL. The owners do. He isn't – he doesn't run the owners. The owners run him. He's the mouthpiece. He does what they say. More specifically, he does what Jerry Jones says. Jerry Jones runs that league and a few other owners here and there. Robert Kraft probably being one of them. All right. But he's busy running it from a – small shop in a outlet mall in Florida and Jerry's running it off his yacht. So, but, but the owners didn't know anything about this video. And to me, if the NFL had said, Hey, we're going to put out this video. I don't know how many owners necessarily to me, they were bypassing the owners. They didn't want to take a chance on the owner saying no, specifically Jerry Jones of sorts. And the statement that Goodell puts out to me is a total, the the league itself hands off approach this year on kneeling. I fully expect teams to kneel. Uh, you'll see tons of white players kneel. A ton of like the only ones I can think of that wouldn't kneel would be like JJ Watt. But JJ Watt will I believe he will support his teammates. He'll be right there with the hand that's on over his heart on a teammate's shoulder who is kneeling. Brady will not kneel. Uh, some there are a few other players, but Breeze, I bet Breeze is right there linking arms with people, if you know, in that. So they may not kneel, but I totally expect the NFL to look different this season in terms of the anthem. And they're def- you're right, Drew. They haven't reacted to this in the past the way that most people would want them to. But they see the need now to in society, the cultural shifts that we're seeing now. Unfortunately, that have arisen from what happened with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and uh, Aubrey. Many, many others, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it's not just those three, but it's like this time is different. You know, uh, in our generation, we remember like Trayvon Martin. That one's the first one that I can vividly remember as a kid growing up. Eric Garner, Michael Brown were the two others that really stuck out that because they got a lot of media attention. But this one just created a tidal wave. And I don't see it going away. And the NFL now says, this isn't going away, and we can be the agent of change here. And I think you're going to see them getting on board. It's just going to be interesting to see how Jerry Jones and some of those more conservative owners will approach this. Whereas you've got guys in, like the Carolina owner, David Tepper, who seems to me to be pretty progressive. Uh, Seattle, I mean, you know that. I mean, San Francisco and a lot of those places, the fan bases will be all in, I would imagine. So, I'm very curious to see how that works out. But I think the NFL certainly reacted rather than got ahead of it. But I do believe they're genuine in that response. So that was a long-winded response to what you said, Drew. But I, I think there's cause, there's reason to be excited for how the NFL is going to approach this moving forward. So that's that's all I've got on that one. I mean, I yeah, think, I, think, I, think, I think as it comes from many – I think, like I said – with the NBA, they they're they're less there's less players to deal with. There's not football is the main money maker, so you're you're talking about millions of dollars. You know, whenever in 2016, billions, baby, billions, yeah, billions. billions. In 2016, you know, when people were kneeling, 
you know, season ticket owners were ripping their tickets up, throwing them in the trash can and everything like that. And, and I do agree. I think this, this, this time is different than any other time in history. I mean, I live in Coppell, Texas, or that's where I was from. That's where I, I spent most of my life. Um, and, you know, in the past when, when, you know, this was getting media coverage or whatever like that, there was no protest, no one batted an eye. It was daily life here. This past weekend, we had uh, a protest uh, around our city. We had a, a prayer um, on thir- last Thursday night. So it's definitely, and then there's another neighboring town, South Lake. We're both predominantly white, you know, areas with a lot of rich white people. And they were having protests as well. So I think it's impacted more than just, um, you know, the, the rural or the, the, the areas of poverty where it's mainly black people or, you know, mainly, you know, other colored people, for instance. So I think for us, uh, this is definitely, I think for the entire United States, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Well, for our Arkansas listeners, I mean, Pookie, if you don't know, if you know Arkansas, then you know how big of a deal it is for us to have had two protests, one in Cabot, which is right up the road from us, and, and the Harrison. biggest rival in football, and then in Harrison, of all places. Like, that's a huge deal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for that to come out, that really shows the societal shift that's taking place. Um, I had one person uh, that I was talking to call it almost like a revolution. And at first, I was kind of skeptical about that sort of language or to acknowledge it as that. But as I continued to watch and continue to think, continue to reflect, I would almost acknowledge it as its own sort of move, like huge movement. And I think that for a place like Harrison, where you got the KKK running rampant, for there to be a protest there, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. It's a, it shouldn't be taken lightly. So that really shows that it's affected the hearts of many people beyond what they are surrounded by. And I think that that's the important thing here. So my sophomore year of high school, we were playing a team called Mountain Home who had no business being in our – it had to do with some stupid redistricting that was in our state. I mean, we smoked the – Pookie's junior year, we sent Mountain Home packing uh, at halftime. We were winning 42 nothing, and they called it because of storms. But that's how bad they are. It's not their fault. They only had like 23 players. But Mountain Home is right next to Harrison. And Harrison is like a de facto – KKK base like it's really where they operate out of most of it in 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 the hills of Missouri in the Ozarks um but when we were going there uh the bus I was riding on was the starting offensive bus and on offense we had like maybe two to three white dudes honestly um so it was a bunch of black guys black players and a lot we were they were joking about going to mountain home you know it's like oh my god like if we if we get pulled over on the side of the road, it's going to be scary and all this and that. And going to the stadium, like they were joking about how weird it's going to be. And the years later, I kept thinking about that bus rides, thinking they were joking, but they also weren't joking. But now that we see that this sense of we still have so much racism in this country, I can see – that that was actually pretty troubling for them going to Mountain Home because it's only a few miles, you know, west of Harrison. And that, that that's a legitimate thing that people face nowadays. So that's one of the first things I think about when I, when I contemplate on everything that's going on right now. I was like, dude, that was a real scenario in which we were on the same bus, but we weren't in the same playing field. You know, it's, it's, I didn't have to think about any of that. And it came close to home. And, and Pookie, I agree with you. 
this one hits different, and this does feel like a revolution. I, I'm ready to use terminology uh, that hyperbolic as well. This one just feels different. So well, it's crazy to me to think, you know, a couple months ago we were talking about the coronavirus, and you know, we're, we're talking about how how well like how like okay like the, no, you're you know, right yeah when you're talking about, and i'm talking I, I nanny some kids and i'm talking about to these kids like you know and when you guys go to high school they're like fourth and, and second graders when you guys get to high school you're going to learn about the coronavirus you're going to learn about how it affected the united states whatever like that well like n- now they're going to be learning about like this just like how we learned about mlk and and malcolm x and everything in school like this is this is a similar um you know kind of i guess protest and and riots and stuff that they were doing, you know, not more than what, 40 years ago, or I guess now it's like, I guess like 60 years ago almost. Um, but you know, not, not that long ago. So it's crazy to think that we're living in, in history that's going to go into textbooks and kids are going to be learning about this for the next, you know, however many years, but, um, it's, you know, it's a real thing. And it's definitely something that, uh, I think everyone needs to speak on, not just, um, certain, people i think it's an everybody type of conversation for sure it is weird because this virus was like the first time i told my dad one day i'm like this is the first time where i feel like i'm actually living in history like this is a moment that we will remember forever and unfortunately it we're not done yet not not with this virus I'm, i don't you know i'm not a i'm studying to be a doctor like I'm familiar with many of the mechanisms in place and how the virus works and all that, but not public health, but it's just, this story is not over yet, unfortunately. And, you know, it's, I'm glad there's, there's peaceful protests going on out there that people are gathering together and expressing themselves, but this is not helping dude. I'm not saying, Hey, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just asking be as safe as you can because dude, we are, we are, we are on the tip of the iceberg here. Um, but it is, dude, we're living in a history book. And the only other two times that I can think about that is when those motherfucking six-time Super Bowl champion Patriots did 28-3. And when those motherfucking six-time Super Bowl champions had to go through a heinous ordeal being accused of deflating footballs by one of y'all's teams. That was history. And that sucked. Deflate <laughs> 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 all right we're uh we're all about starting new stuff today you know we got rid of the divisional round and we need new segments we need new stuff to talk about my favorite segment baby going forward two minutes of sandy soccer talk i'm going to introduce these these neanderthals to the real world of sports so i'm going to throw back the curtain and allow them to see the light not just the nfl not just the nba but you're going to see the, the best football, the fucking footy, as we like to call it. All right, here we go. So biggest news this week in soccer is there's a wonder kid in Germany, Timo Werner from uh, Red Bull Leipzig, and my team Chelsea just signed him. There's a deal in place. We haven't agreed to it just yet, but we're working on it. I should have mentioned this beforehand. The Premier League comes back next week, the English Premier League. Uh, the Italian Soccer League is coming back a few days after that. The Spanish Soccer League is going to get going soon. MLS has announced plans to return. So soccer's coming back, thankfully. But the granddaddy of them all is the English Premier League. And one thing that we're going to do uh, next episode is I'm going to run down the teams in the Premier League and the Bundesliga, which is the German Soccer League, although I've already got the German team in mind. And we're, the show is going to adopt them. 
and we're going to track their progress over time. Now, the team for Germany that I would like to do is the team I mentioned is Red Bull Leipzig. Very uh, strong team. They can't punch with the heavyweights yet, but hopefully uh, with the money they'll get from the Timo Werner sale, they'll be able to buy some younger players, develop them, and, and ascend to the top. But the Premier League, so I'm not going to choose Chelsea, which is the jersey I'm choosing right now, wearing right now, but Sheffield United, Leicester City, those are the two on my list that I will propose to them that we adopt. Aston Villa might be a team, but they'll be uh, probably relegated this year, so maybe not the best. But that's the two minutes of soccer talk. Look forward to doing it next week. Woo, that felt good, man. Had to get that off my chest. I'm glad we finally got to expose you all to soccer real quick. And while I've got the floor, guys, I wanted to bring this up. So I've got a pretty busy schedule nowadays as I'm preparing for the MCAT and also taking two summer courses, which means I have to get my, uh, my marathon training in early in the morning because I don't have time for it in the afternoons. I'm either doing the podcast or studying. And that means I love you guys, man. Like, I'm taking time out of the day to study all that shit, to do this with you. Shows how much I love doing this. But I have to get up early in the mornings now, about 4.30 and run. And, and I want to tell you, the benefit to running in the mornings is the, it's, it's dark outside. No one else is out. I can wear leggings. I don't have to wear shorts. I can wear, like, the tights that you wear um, for football. I, I don't have to worry about people seeing my dick with the sweat. It's dark. No one else is out. I can run in peace. Y'all know I'm a profuse sweater. I sweat like a dude. And it's it's terrible. But with the with the tights on, they like it's it's so much better. It's not as hot. And honestly, it's like free the nipple, but free the ball. I just feel better when I do it. I mean free the balls. Yeah, exactly exactly, Pookie. And um you know, y'all know I'm an early riser in more ways than one. So, all just, I have to say, is, Sandy, is I don't think you'd have a problem in the in, in the brightest time of the day or the darkest time at night. Someone seeing your little wee wee. Yeah, they would need like they would need like a microscope to do that. <laughs> the sweat magnifies it. The sweat that collects at that part of the garment magnifies it. The light. Oh, so- it absorbs the it, – it saturates with the sweat, and then it expands. It's like an optical illusion of sorts with the light, the sweat glistening and stuff. Yeah. Are you, are you one of the like type of runner? like you have to set up a music video set to see that thing. Are you the type of runner who wears, like, the reflective gear and shit while no. you're running? You got the life vest on with the flashlight on your head, like no, reflective but shoes. I have invested in the really short running shorts now, like the ones that really – that are closer to your – your balls and they are your knee and it they're just so much better than the long ones but i just want to throw that out there in case y'all are ever getting in the running but running in early in the morning gives you that freedom the freedom to free the ball and uh not to worry about getting hit by cars no reflective gear needed drew yesterday we put out a poll question on the twitter and it was the most successful poll question we've had so far got the most votes obviously we're doing something right Will you remind me what that poll question was and what the results were? I want to state a state of quick fact before you give false information. Actually, it's our second best. We had one with one more vote about Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Oh, I had 18 okay. votes. Suck a nut. Do your research. But to go on, 
the question is, which combination is most likely to win both an NBA championship and a Super Bowl in the next five to ten years? And this was based off of uh, the cities that they were in. So we had the Eagles 76ers, the Cowboys Mavs, Packers Bucks, and Niners Warriors. These are just the four teams we posted. There's a couple other teams that, you know, could be in discussion. You could make an argument for, but we, we believe that these were probably the four teams that probably had the best chance of winning it, at least in, probably in the next five years. Um, the Cowboys and Eagles both tied at 12%. I think the Cowboys only got votes because we have, you know, Dallas fan base. Packers, Bucks at 24, and then the Niners, Jimmy G and company with the Warriors at 52% winning the poll. Um, which, you know, thinking about it, you know, I'll, I'll let Pookie and, and Sandy be our, you know, NFL experts on this question. Whenever we kind of dive in, I'm a little bit more knowledgeable when it comes to basketball. I played it for many years. I keep up with it a little bit more than them. You know, looking this year, the Warriors are one of the worst teams in the league, and that's okay. They just went on a – they were on a – they were a dynasty for the last, like, what, four or five years. Um, it gets tiring. The, the NFL season is long and grueling, but the NBA season is, is even longer – and it sucks. You know, you got some back-to-backs, a lot of road trips, a lot of miles uh, flown. Uh, it's a longer, you know, per month it's longer. So it's tough. And, you know, they. I think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson really needed a break. Draymond Green, you know, he played this year but didn't play the whole year. They really needed a break. They're going to get a top pick this year um, in the lottery. Either could turn that into a draft pick and, and you know, have a young guy on their team or they're going to add – uh, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, someone big, bring in another, bring in another guy, go back to a big four, and they're going to be right back at it in the next couple of years. So I think that's the reason why they probably won. The Niners were just in the Super Bowl, have a great roster up and down. But um, in my opinion, that's probably the best team of any of the teams we're going to talk about today that have the best chances to do it. So Pookie, just remind you, the other ones in the poll were the Cowboys and the Eagles, and who am I missing? The Drew? Packers. The Packers. The Packers. Um, I included the Packers in that poll because with the Packers, I get the Bucks, and the Bucks. I mean, the, like I said, depending on who you ask, might have a fifty percent chance of winning the title this year. Uh, I don't like the Packers' chances, but how about you break down, Pookie, your your feelings about those three teams and their Super Bowl odds? You know, the the Packers are an interesting case because they still have Aaron Rodgers, and I still believe that he can be a championship quarterback if given the right pieces around him. So I'm not going to count him out just because I've seen what he can do. It has been over a decade since he won a Super Bowl, so I'm not sure if he's still as good as he was back then, but he's still a great quarterback. Um, if I were going to pick one of those teams, though, it might even be the Eagles just because – of Carson Wentz and the it factor with him. I think that he's got a lot more that he's going to accomplish in this league. And that if I were picking between him and Dak Prescott, I would take Carson Wentz just because of the pure passing ability and uh, a lot of the in, uh, intangibles that he's shown when he's playing there. And if healthy, I think that he makes them one of the better teams in the NFL still I don't know if I would go with San Francisco because I don't know how much I trust Jimmy G. I know that he's a good quarterback, but just speaking from that perspective, I don't know if he's going to be the one that can get him over the hump. They might have to draft one here in the next 
three to four years to, to ultimately replace him whenever his contract starts to come up. Did you really say Jimmy G and Hump in the same sentence knowing that he dated a porn star? He dated a porn star? Oh, nice. Nice. Well, well to go, to go from nice. the, baske- the basketball pros- side of the conversation when, at, when it comes to the 76ers at least, they have a great team, don't get me wrong, but they're in a very weird situation right now. Their team doesn't really work with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid was hurt for a little while this year, and they had just Ben Simmons, and I think they went on a little run. I don't, believe, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. It's been a couple months since uh, I've I've been in the basketball knowledge, but um, you know their 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 team doesn't really work as a whole together when it comes to Embiid and Ben Simmons. So they, they're going to have to probably make a, hard, a tough decision and pick one or the other and, and really ride with them because they, they have completely different styles of play. Ben Simmons likes to get the ball on a rebound or on, a, on an outlet and take it and go really, really fast. Joel Embiid is more of a back-to-the-basket type player. He's going to want to come down, run half-court offense, as you can't tell. Even if you don't know basketball, those, those don't mesh well. Um, so 76ers, if something doesn't change, I don't see them winning a championship in the next five to ten years. Uh, if something does, they have a better shot. The Bucks, you're right. They have a great shot. If Giannis stays in Milwaukee, they have a great team built around him for Giannis. Um, but do you trust Giannis? Giannis is one of those players who's a great regular season player. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best NBA players in the league right now. But when it comes down to it, he can't make a jump shot yet. He's really just a defensive player who can get a rebound like a Ben Simmons and go down and score and dunk the ball from the three-point line basically with taking like two steps. So he's like super athletic, but he's not a go down the – you know, get get the ball and, and slow it down and run half-court offense. When playoff basketball comes, it gets really tough. Everyone actually plays defense. It gets really tough. I, I promise you. He He's great. He'll lead them to the conference finals, maybe an NBA finals, but I don't see him getting over the hump the next at least three years unless he starts developing more. All right, Drew, let me, let me hit you with some of this because I actually do know a little bit of basketball. Let me tell you why they may not win it next year or in the next five to ten years, but maybe why the 76ers could win it this year. I get Ben Simmons back healthy. Somewhat. He will play. Um, and I will tell you why they will represent the East in the playoffs in the NBA Finals. The tournaments can be played in Orlando. No one – the Magic aren't in it from what I understand, right? No, the Magic are. Well, the Magic are, but I don't, they're not going to make noise in the playoffs to me. Oh, no, 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 no. At least not to have a huge impact. But you're going to have a bunch of teams going in there who rely on – a lot of them rely on the three. And you know playing the game that it helps to be in your home arena because the sight lines, the lighting, knowing your home floor, how much – it honestly impacted me as a kicker. Um, it impacted me in the sense that you felt it. It was a little different here and there. And as a shooter, it's the same way. So now you're taking these guys into a neutral arena – they have to figure out the sight lines and all this. They've been away from the game for a while. Uh, some of them don't have access to the facilities like uh, an actual hoop until just a month or two before they'll get started again to, to refine their shooting. So teams that rely on the three may hurt a little bit in the early stages of this tournament. The Sixers, as you said, uh, move in transition and they score in the paint. They hardly score off the three ball. And they will bang. And for that reason, I, I really see them, their game, suiting this particular scenario in which player the shooters may not be at their best early on. And it may take them some 
time to warm up, but the Sixers game translates to this scenario. And so I, I the Sixers pose an interesting challenge to me um, going into the playoffs. Now, couple them with the Eagles over the five, 10 years, I, I thought that was a pretty solid uh, option there for the poll, but they only got 11% of the vote, as did Dallas. So uh, the Bucks and the Packers beat me out. I think the people forgot there were two sides to that question, that the NFL is involved too. I know Pookie said he, he bets on Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers, but that team, that roster is not ready to compete. And if they play the 49ers again, Rodgers can throw for 500 yards, but Raheem Mostert will run for 750. <laughs> and I think with I think with any with any NBA team that going into the playoffs, whoever wins, you're gonna have to put in a big asterisk next to them. You know, a team. You know, my my favorite team, the Pacers, going into the playoffs. We just got Victor Oladipo back in like February. Um, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon got hurt right before I think. Um, so we weren't fully healthy. Well, now we're going into the playoffs fully healthy with a Victor Oladipo who's had a who has more years to to rehab or not years more months to rehab Malcolm Brogdon's going to be healthy you know th- this is a this is something that's never happened before where we basically had a couple month break before the playoffs happened so there's a lot of differences that's happened players who are hurt are now m- more rested coming in so this year's this year's championship um, I feel like shouldn't be included in this list because it's a huge asterisk just because of everything but I, I do agree that teams who rely more on defense and uh, the ability to get to the basket will probably probably be a little bit more successful defense travels Chuck Knowles Pittsburgh Steelers know that better than anybody Pookie there were two cities that were left out that could have been included in this list and I'm going to sound like a homer when I say one of them but the Celtics and the Patriots representing Boston I think that the Celtics have a young team and the Patriots should be afforded the benefit of the doubt in the sense that you still have Belichick there, Robert Kraft still the owner, and that they can work things out and hopefully rebuild and get another quarterback in place and and build the team in that image that has been so successful for them. I think that's a decent pairing. And the Saints and the Pelicans, because the Pelicans are young, and they might squeak into this altered playoff format this year, but they've got a lot of young weapons moving ahead, The which is ironic because the Saints are like the opposite with Drew Brees out the door soon. So those were two teams that I would consider. Uh, Pookie, we'll go with you for the NFL version of this. And we talked about their Super Bowl odds, but if you had to rank between the Patriots and the Saints, which one you feel better about in the next five to ten years, who would you go with? I would definitely go with the Saints because of next year. I don't know about four, four to nine years after that. But I do know that the Saints are a contender this year and that the Patriots are not. And I don't see the Patriots going back to the Super Bowl at least for five years because that's – Belichick is an incredible coach. I will give him that. He has beaten the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers over his career. I have had to watch it continuously, and it pissed me off so much. There's like – I can count two times over the past two ten years that he's beaten them or that the Steelers have won against him. So it's like <clears> – <throat> when does this guy let up and Bill Belichick does not let up but when you lose Tom Brady that uh, the all-time Hall of Famer quarterback the all-time if you were making the NFL's all-time team Tom Brady's your quarterback I said I said it and if you're going with him 
I I don't see them going back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. I think it's going to take a few years. I mean, look at Bill Belichick when he was with the Browns. They they got competitive, but they were not a Super Bowl contender without a quarterback. So it's like, is that going to be the version of Bill Belichick we get without Brady, or is he going to continue to dominate as he usually does? Throw the, the same in there, real quick, Pookie. Too throw the Cowboys in that mix. The Cowboys are an interesting one because they still have a young quarterback, but we don't know if Dak stays there. He could go somewhere else that's going to offer him the money that he's demanding. Uh, the, I think it's like $40 million a year, so it's like, yeah, if Dallas is able to re-sign Dak, then they have a chance, but can they really do it still keeping Zeke and Amari Cooper? Well, I said in the previous episode, I don't think they can keep all three. You've got a $100 million receiver. How much was Zeke's contract? It was like upwards of eighty. Million wasn't it? Was it ninety? It was like ninety million something. Ninety over six or something. And then you're gonna have to pay Dak forty million a year. That just doesn't work out. And without those three pieces, I don't see them being as competitive as they are. So you would take the Saints above the Cowboys too, in that sense. If Taysom Hill pans out to be uh, the next quarterback, I don't know if he will be. I, I still think it may be Jameis. All right, Drew, go to the football side, the basketball side. Bring in the Mavericks, too, in that discussion. Yeah, the- I, I think I think this discussion really – so he, here's my thing, whether it's whether we're talking about football, whether we're talking about basketball, in my opinion, if you're a shitty organization, you will always be shitty. The The New Orleans Pelicans are a shitty organization. They're going to oh, be yeah, shitty. Drew. So don't get me wrong. I love Zion. Um, they're all about him there. I, when I went this year to watch the, the the Saints and Colts play on Monday night, I also went to a Pelicans Magic game, one of the most boringest games I've ever been to. Unfortunately, Zion wasn't there. He was hurt. But um, they're all about him down there in New Orleans. They're, the high, the hope, the hope is really high for them. Uh, they have a young roster around him. I just don't think they're going to make the right moves to allow them to be a, a a winning franchise. Now the Mavericks and the Celtics on their hands are two. The Celtics are the most storied franchise in uh, the NBA besides the Lakers. And then the Mavericks, the last – since Dirk's really been there, since Cuban's taken over or taken over, they, they have been one of the franchises that has been very consistent, very competitive. Cuban will make moves to make sure they win. So when it comes to those two teams, it's really it's really a you know, pick them. I think both teams are great. The Celtics are probably in a better position. They have a little bit more talent on their roster per se. Um, you know, you don't have someone as dominant as Luca is, but someone like Jason Tatum, who really this year took took off in the NBA and has become one of the one of the superstars for one of the superstars in the East, really, and almost in the entire NBA. Um, I, th- I think both rosters are really great. I'm probably putting my my marbles in the Celtics because of them playing in the East, uh, and the East has always known to have been a little bit weaker. Whereas the, the Mavs have to come out West, you know, right now they're playing the LeBron, you've got the Clippers, the Nuggets are tough. So they're, they're, they're a couple years away, but with Kristoff's and Luca on the same team and Mark Cuban coming out and saying, Hey, like we're not leaving. They've got good odds. I think both teams are in a, in a really good path right now to, to have a successful next couple of years. So put that together with football. Uh, that's tough. I mean, I'm probably taking Dallas's just because, um, where where the Cowboys are at the moment compared to the Patriots. Uh, and, you know, that, that could change in a year. You don't know what Bill's going to do in a year. A lot of things can change. A lot of things can change for the Cowboys as well. Uh, we'll have to see. But if, if you're asking me right now, I'm probably probably picking the, the uh, 
the uh, Dallas squad. But if we're going to throw Indianapolis in there because you can't ever count out the Colts. What the fuck? In what the Pacers. Fuck? All I'm saying is – all I'm saying is the – I would take the Colts and the Pacers, just saying. Hell no. What the fuck? We got a weak division in the AFC South. We've got, we're got we playing in the I East. I understand. I understand the Colts. but Hey, all I'm saying is the Pacers, the last couple of years, we had to face LeBron in the playoffs. We don't have to do it this year. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know about the, the whole playoff thing. But I'm saying we don't have to face LeBron. We have to play the Bucks. who the Bucks are tough. But I think we, we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. Both teams are going in the right directions to make those moves. Second nut, guys. Fucking dick. And I know the listeners at home are screaming through their phones right now. Where the hell are the Los Angeles teams? Why haven't you mentioned them? Well, the reality is it's tough. Like, how do you pair them? Like, do you go Lakers, Rams, Lakers, Chargers, Clippers, Rams, Chargers, et cetera? But, I mean, even even if you talk about that, you're really talking about basketball over the the NFL. I, I think the Chargers and the Rams are, mo- are more than 10 years removed. Or they're, they're five to 10 years away from even being contenders. The Rams, um, the, the Rams are closer than the Chargers for sure. I, I think the Rams were, would be in that for five to 10 years. They paid Jared Goff way too much fucking money. They're going to have to get rid of him. It, it's going to be a while before either team is really competing. And I, I think the Chargers actually have a better sh- chance than the, the Rams. I, uh, I would listen to that argument if you're really referring to the division that they play in because the Rams do have two powerhouses that they have to compete with in that division. The Chargers, well, have the Chiefs. So, but, well, oh, we did talk about how good that Chargers defense is, I guess, on one of the last episodes. And I, I think another team we're leaving out too is, I mean, Houston, I think. What? I'm not, I'm not saying that they're, they're – they're, I'm not, all I'm talking about, I'm, all I'm saying is that they're, they're two good teams that have superstars of Sean Watson, J.J. Watt, and then Russell Westbrook. I almost said Wilson. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They're, they have really high t- uh, superstar t- guys in their teams, but the team around them really sucks. Houston, I don't know if you guys watched any of them play this year. They went small, small. Yeah, I don't know, dude. They, dude, they like. They, they, they got P.J. Tucker was playing playing their center um so yeah they they they've kind of gone off the deep end but i'm saying they have james harden who's a guy who who uh apparently got his number retired in a strip club for spending a million dollars in one night there um who who drops who drops 40 bombs on people like like it's no big deal uh and you have a guy like defense (laughs) and then and then and then you (laughs) and then you have a guy russell westbrook who averaged a triple double for two years back to back Two MVPs on your team. I mean, you can't count those guys out. But I, they're 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 one of those teams that's like it's a real big reach. But I'm just saying you got You got to mention them just because of the superstars they do have. The Texans. The Texans. Bill O'Brien is never taking you to the Super Bowl. I 100 percent agree. Here, I 100 percent agree. Bill O'Brien smokes crap. Okay, <laughs> you know what does to your brain? This is this is your brain, and this is your brain on whatever drug Bill O'Brien is doing. <laughs> I would hey, I'd throw Atlanta in there over Houston, I think, which is pretty hot, I guess. I just Atlanta. think I that know. low of the Texans. Uh, so we'll leave that for now. I think uh, next episode we're gonna talk about the best sports cities, so we can get Pookie's team back in the mix because Pittsburgh doesn't have an NBA team that we can talk about, um, and we can throw in hockey and MLS and Major League Baseball and all that, and and then Pittsburgh might actually have a chance to get in there, uh, not in terms of overall success right now, even though the Penguins are doing pretty well. And uh, the Pirates are trash. 
the Pirates are very much trash. But uh, let's let's end on this one, guys, real quick. I saw this yesterday, and uh, I had to set Pookie straight on one of our first uh, episodes. Uh, but Stephen A. Smith said the other day he thought Deshaun Watson can challenge Patrick Mahomes for best quarterback in the league. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Pookie go off with that one for a second. How do you feel? Do you do you agree with him? Okay, Stephen A. Smith abuses strippers, okay? <laughs> he Stephen A. When has Stephen A. Smith ever been fucking right about anything, okay? Like, Deshaun Watson over Pat Mahomes? You've got to be jerking it in the corner of your room fucking, what are you doing? He's just, he's jerking Deshaun Watson off. Like, Deshaun Watson, don't get me wrong, I love him as a quarterback, and I thought he would be better than Pat Mahomes coming into the league, but we've seen who they are. They've spoken their truth. And Deshaun Watson cannot hold Pat Mahomes nuts and throw them more than 10 yards, okay? Because he's got net, he's got kahunas of steel. And Deshaun Watson, I know he won that national championship game against Alabama. What, what the fuck, Stephen A. Smith? Come on, man. That's a come on, man, for you, Stephen A. Smith. I hope you're watching. Quit smoking dick. I'll be honest. I, I, I can see a, a place where you can make an argument about it. Um, all I'm saying is Deshaun Washington's a great quarterback. I think he's been in a bad situation in Houston. Uh, you put him in you put him in a situation in, in Kansas City, and I think Deshaun Watson does the exact same thing that Mahomes does. Probably not as uh, great because Mahomes' ability to uh, do no look passes and all this crazy shit. But I think uh, given given Watson a better opportunity, I think he could make a run at MVP. I mean, he's in the MVP almost every year discussion. He's been in the league uh, when healthy. Uh, where and I and like I said, I. It, NFL is all about who you get around, and unfortunately, he got around a bad organization. Like I said, shitty organizations usually stay shitty, um, even when they get great players, unless they move on from their GMs and coaches and stuff. So, unfortunately, Watson will probably never be to where he is, and so Mahomes will always win that discussion. But I think, um, unfortunately, they'll always be compared in that sense. But um, I think if Watson was on a better team, he probably would be in an. It'd be a better argument just because of the player. I'm with you, Drew. I, I, I disagreed with him on the premise that Watson is unbelievable in terms of his talent, but I don't see how Houston can rise to that level to challenge the Chiefs in that sense to where Watson's able to make those plays that Mahomes can. Um, I mean, there is a difference in the way Mahomes throws it around that zip on his pass that you only see from a few guys like Rodgers and uh, – and luck back in the day before he retired RIP. Fuck you. I think, you know, it, it comes down to opportunity and who you have around you. And, and I just don't see Watson ever having the chance to compete at that level. They're just that bad. But I mean, I mean, it sucks that Bill O'Brien trades away, you know, first round draft picks for guys like Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil. I'm not saying those guys are bad football players. You just, you know what you're going to get out of them, which is great. But their ceiling compared to a rookie ceiling, like a Jalen Regard this year, like we have no idea what he's going to do. And I mean, he could suck and, and be awful and Kenny Stills is a better player, but I'm also saying he could be, he could be like a Julian Edelman who came into the league. We had no idea what the fuck he was going to do. We didn't even know who he was coming into the league and look at, look what he turned out to be. So I think having a rookie uh, is, is it better than, ha than, than getting a known commodity, a known player like that. Okay. I'm going to let you lead us out of here, Bubba. No, no, uh, 
going to give us give the listeners a preview into another topic that we're going to address in the coming weeks. Pookie, in your opinion, currently the state of the NFL, who is the best looking player in the NFL today? Deep in thought. Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Joey? It ends in the front with Joey Bosa. Or in la- all right, it- Gronk. Gronk. Drew, I Gronk. would have gone with a Bosa, but I would not have gone with Joey. Hey, I would have gone with Nick. That's why I was like, Joey? What? <laughs> Joey got that big-ass nose. <laughs> Hey, I love Joey, bro. He reminds you of Doug Phillips, one of our old teammates. <laughs> I mean, he's not bad looking. It's just that nose. And, he's and like, it's weird. His brother is, like, super tan. Nick's, like, super tan. And Joey's, like, super white. It doesn't make any sense. But, hey. But go give you last word to defend your choice. Look, Joey looks like something sculpted out of like a porno magazine like like out of playboy like he looks like that he looks like he's got the hair slicked back he's got the big ass nose strong features i think that joey bosa fucks your bitch and she doesn't come back and that does it for another episode of splitting up rice the podcast thank you guys for listening you guys can subscribe to us at splitting up rights on youtube as well as following us at Splitting Ups on Twitter. And then you can sc- subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or any, any podcast platform that you listen to us on.